Welcome to the Grace-Based Family Podcast. We're We're your hosts, hosts, Karis Murray and Michelle Brook. This is a podcast where we look at the power of grace in the everyday lives of families. We're excited for you to listen in on the conversation. Hey, Karis. Hey, Michelle. How's it going? It's going well, and we're doing things a little differently today. Like. I don't know what we're talking about. Yes. And wow. we're, I'm and just I'm in the studio, uh, totally blind, yes. not knowing anything. So tell us what we're talking about today. So today we're going to talk about high control parenting. Um, it's something that your dad, Dr. Tim Kimmel, has written books on. And, mm-hmm. you know, we get asked questions here all the time about this. And the funny thing mm-hmm. is I was thinking after kind of coming up with some questions here, I'm like, yeah, I don't really feel like I'm that high control. And then this morning... I had a situation <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, this is a perfect lesson for me. So this morning I am like digging in the trash. This is how neurotic I am. I didn't realize. And I'm like taking an inventory of the snacks that my kids ate this morning before I woke up. And I'm uh-huh. like, who's eating two Doritos, one Rice mm-hmm. crispy, And then I go on this like 45 minute like diatribe of how <laughs> nobody here cares about health but me. You can pay for your own cavities and everyone's going to have baby <laughs> diabetes very soon. And I'm just going on and on. And then finally. Finally, I realized, wow, it was my husband Oh, last ooh, night that was oops. eating that. Anyway, I just realized, like, they're like, Mom, you're being a little over the top. And I was like, thinking to myself, I'm not a control freak. I'm a control enthusiast. Like, I need to know who's eating all the snacks. These are for school lunches. You shouldn't be eating. The-. And I'm like, holy cow, I'm you're a, contro- a high-controlling parent right yeah, now. It's you're so control-adjacent, but uh, not even really, I think, maybe. I think I, uh, like, it's all kind of clothed like cloaked and like it's good i'm worried about your health but really i'm like i want to tell you what you can and cannot eat for breakfast right and those things don't qualify so well i think it's it's a fine line too because like as a parent yeah you you want to make sure your kids are healthy and Mm -hmm. it's okay to have rules and boundaries we should have all those things but yeah it's like when does it go from being a healthy um Mm -hmm kind of healthy boundaries and a healthy approach to having rules and things like right. that. And when does it slip in to toxic high control? Yep. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, I think you kind of hit on this. We have the authority and the responsibility before God to steward our children. You know, the one the kids he's given us. And sometimes we take our zeal, like I did, my zeal for yeah. health or whatever, or our role um, to the extreme. And anything right. to an extreme can be, you know, a uh, what am I trying to say? Not a deficit. Uh, oh, um, yeah, detriment. Detriment, yes, yeah. um, to our kids. And so I thought maybe you could share. Do you feel like you step over the line sometimes um, when you're trying to parent your kids or, unfortunately, like me, how I was trying to control my husband's binge eating? Yeah. I mean, how do we kind of keep that in line and not let it go too extreme? Well, it's funny. Like, my um, my flag page, we've talked about the the. the kids flag page and also the adult flag page on our show before and it's basically a personality assessment you know there's four main countries well my main country is fun country but when you actually look at my scoring just right underneath it score wise which becomes sort of my adopted country Mm -hmm. is control Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a firstborn my Enneagram sort of supports the same kind of picture of my personality I'm fun so because I'm fun, people often don't kind of realize that I'm mm. I am in charge. Like yeah. I'm pulling the strings behind the scenes sure. a lot of the time. And I would say at my worst, I can be manipulative and controlling. Mm-hmm. But I find for me that tends to come from a from 
me maybe feeling um, overwhelmed, feeling fearful, yeah. right? Comes from a place of fear. Mm -hmm. And then when you feel like, um, you know, you're afraid or uncertain or overwhelmed, the temptation to go to the extreme and that toxic high control is is greater. And so I know mm -hmm. when I'm in a healthy place, when I'm, um, you know, when I'm really kind of keeping my priorities in 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 mind and remembering that ultimately God is in control and he loves my kids more than I ever could. Mm -hmm. And and I think also just as you you know, I'm going to sound like an old lady, but as you get older, <laughs> as you live more of life, I think if you're really honest with yourself, you realize how very little you actually can control in yeah. life. Yeah. So much is out of our hands. And um, and so that's where your faith can grow a mm -hmm. lot. And you can say, look, you know, God's got this and he doesn't need my help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. Um, and so and so just in life, you know, trying to be less controlling. But then when it comes to our relationships, like you said, you know, where does it come from? This desire to to control. I think a lot of the time it it comes from a um, it comes from good intentions, mm -hmm. but it yeah. ends up having a negative effect on our relationships. Right, and that's what we're gonna talk about a little bit about too, is how sometimes too much high control, you hear about the helicopter parent, or right. this, in this case, we're kind of talking about like the lawnmower parent that are just right. like ramrodding <laughs> their kids and not letting them make any choices for themselves can can lead to rebellion and can lead to um, like, basically you're like robbing the kid, your kids the opportunity to get to build their own confidence mm -hmm. and creativity um, that they need to grow up um, to be a successful adult. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of hit on like, you might be a high control parent if dot, right. dot, dot. So uh, quickly, if you don't allow your kids to have any privacy. So if you're taking off doorknobs, if you're listening in on phone calls, which sometimes I'm a creeper, like I'll hear my kids talking with their friends outside and then I'll open the sliding glass door pretending like to get some air and then I'm just kind of like lean my head out hoping to catch a glimpse of who they're, you know, yeah. a, a waff of who their crush is or what they're talking about, you know. Um, you might be a high control parent if you're not allowing your kids to be creative, like with their homework assignments. If they have to do a project and it has to be done mom or dad's way and not mm. the way that they want to do it even though you know like it's gonna look like a hot mess but if right. you are trying to control that because you are you're trying to manipulate that so that you look good right. and that people view us as a good parent that could be a sign of high control and then thirdly like uh, this one is kind of heartbreaking and I, I know you you broke talks a lot about the shame but um, you could be a high control parent if you are controlling through shame so that can mm -hmm. be um, it's it's very hurtful but it can be um, emotionally like abandoning them um, shaming them in the presence of others turning their back on turning your back on your kids withdrawing from them if you yeah. don't like how they're behaving or what they're I see doing people do this with social media too you know they'll mm. they'll post a story about their kid and like yeah. listen to what my dog son did today you know kind of a thing right. and I, I mean those those 
stories and the, those words. I mean, even if our kids, even if we think our kids aren't going to see them, other people see them yeah. and they live forever. I mean, that data lives forever. Right. We should we should know this by now. Um, and I think sometimes people see it as like a they're trying to use it as a discipline tool. They're trying to mm. use it as a way to discipline their kids by embarrassing them publicly. And mm. I yeah, you're right. I, I do talk about this in my book. And I it, to me, that's not discipline. Right. That's punishing. Yeah. And there's a huge difference between punishment and discipline. And God doesn't punish his children mm-hmm. because punishment died on the cross with mm-hmm. Jesus. And so he only disciplines us. And so dif- discipline looks different than punishment. Yeah. And um, and so with our kids, if we're using shame um, as a tool, then we have slipped into um, punishing our kids and and it ends up really um, eroding their trust in us, eroding our relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we have this reminds me of a story. We have um, an acquaintance and she has a child that's the same age as mine. And one time we shared um, a babysitter for the day mm-hmm. and we were both at work. We came back later and we heard from the babysitter that um, the kids were a little rude or disrespectful to her mm-hmm. or something like that. So this mom and I got together. It was both of us, both the kids. And we're like, okay, that's not right. You're going to call her. She was gone. You know, where you're going to call her. You're going to apologize. And we're going to write cards. Mm-hmm. Like you can draw a little right. like greeting card, like a thank you, sad face. Sorry, I'm such a bad kid to babysit. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is shaming. There no, we go. But yeah, exactly. But, right. No, but just I'm sorry that sorry I wasn't. Sorry for what I said. Yeah, being obedient. Apologize. Or, they for, weren't listening. Yeah. Right. I apologize I mean, for not listening and, and owning their. Yeah. yeah. So I, that's appropriate, right? It's asking them to own what they did right. and apologize and yeah. ask forgiveness right? absolutely and they were probably mm, five at the time yeah so i was okay with that we need to you know call her right away make it right you can make a card for next time okay well the other mom so it happened to be halloween okay and so when we were just about to go trick-or-treating is when she came over and we kind of decided this is what the plan of action is and then all of a sudden her whole demeanor changed and she Hmm. got just irate at her Hmm. son and she's like and not only are we going to apologize and write these cards but now you can't trick or treat and she pulled his mask off him and threw it on the ground and my eyes were huge i'm like oh okay this is overkill like this is too much and she just stood there and reamed him in front of us and his face his whole demeanor changed his face was so he was just so brokenhearted Hmm. and he just started crying and then my son looked at me and was like oh no are you gonna to do that to me and it was right. like no we've already talked about it there's you know there's going to be follow-throughs and if it happens again there's going to be a lot stricter consequences like i feel like right. we're trying to manage it the best we could he looked at his mom and said i hate you hmm. and it oh my gosh it broke my heart and she's like well i know you can't trick-or-treat and i'm sure michelle won't let her son either and i thought oh wait no this yeah, is don't bring, me into, don't bring <laughs> me into it like i'm handling my biz on my side right, of the fence here right um anyway i think she ended up giving in and letting him trick-or-treat whatever that's on them but i just remember how and now it's been you know five years whatever and um that little boy that's how she handles a lot of situations and you can just see how much he resents her yeah because she shames him so much in public Right. Um, and just like does character assassinations in front of other people. And there's right. no like, hey, I'm sorry. And no, you know, reconciliation. It's right. just humiliating. And I think as parents, sometimes obviously we don't go to that extreme, but I think we need to really be careful with watching if our control, because it looks bad on us, 
can shame right. our kids. Yeah, I mean, shame and shame and humiliation are are never appropriate consequences in a grace based home, mm-hmm. and we know that because that is not how God parents us, mm-hmm. right? That's the question that we always need to be asking ourselves as parents if we're if we're looking at something, going, is this what I should do or or not? It, just ask yourself, how does God parent me? Mm-hmm. Would God? do something like this to me? Has he ever done this to me? Have I seen any evidence of him doing t- this to anybody in, in scripture? Mm-hmm. And so, no, right. God does not shame and humiliate his children as a means of discipline. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and so, so it, that, that is not appropriate punishment. And what you, I mean, there are a couple things in your example that happened. It, it, it you could see it just, mm just start to break him down right yeah. his little spirit just got crushed then he says i hate you, you know mm-hmm. he retaliates gets mm-hmm. defensive and retaliates and then she ends up backing down anyway and not even sticking right. to the thing she said now i'm not saying she should have because i don't think that that was an appropriate consequence mm-hmm. but it was like both extremes now she's giving in because yeah. he said i hate you right and mm-hmm. so there just was a lot of emotional parenting happening yeah. there. You could tell she was coming from a place of maybe pain. Maybe this is how she was parented. Mm-hmm. You know, this was the example right. that she had. Mm-hmm. And so she thought, well, if if I'm going to parent, this is what I need to do. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that's an example of high control parenting and especially of using um, shame to try to control, control. and humiliate mm-hmm. our kids. Right. And and obviously we're saying there are areas that we must call the shots as parents, right? We're, we're talking about morals, safety, um, preparing them for adulthood. We're not saying just hands off, right? Like, laissez-faire parents, let your kids do whatever. You don't need to you yeah. know, be part of their lives. But I think there's far more other categories in their lives um, where we can kind of violate and cross over the line with our kids and be crushing their spirits and, like I said, rob them of that grace that they need to grow up competently. So, I don't know, maybe we could talk about that, where where do we draw the line um, as parents with what do we control and then what do we let them maybe face natural consequences Mm. or fail in and let it be okay with us? Right. Well, it reminds me of a couple of things. First, and we've talked about this on the show before multiple times, but we have a, a chart here that we show called mm-hmm. the um, the protection preparation continuum. Mm-hmm. Right, you can find this if you want a visual of this. You can find this in grace based parenting and also in my book grace based discipline. I I reference it as well, but you can kind of um, you can picture like a long uh, thinned out greater than less than symbol going each direction. Right, so there's there's a Um, inverse relationship between protecting and preparing. Mm -hmm. So when our kids are really, really young, when they're first born, obviously they need us for everything. They need us to change them, to feed them, to help Mm -hmm. them sleep, to comfort them, to do everything. So that is the, the, the place where you see us protecting the most. Um, And then as they get older and older and older, Mm -hmm. that, Um, that rate of protection, the things that we're actively doing in their Mm -hmm. life to protect them goes down, but their level of preparation increases as our level of of direct hands-on protection decreases. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And you can't have you can't really have preparation in a meaningful way without being intentional about reducing your amount of hands-on protection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so I think of that, and, and I think that that's, that's where you kind of look at and you get, say, okay, where is my child age-wise? Yeah. Because the answer to the question you asked is different for a six-year-old than it is for a 17-year-old. Mm-hmm. And so when you kind of look at that and assume, okay, the very beginning of this chart where pre- preparation is the highest is when they're age zero, and where you want almost no protection and all the preparation is over here where they're 18, and so see where they fall on that chart and then make an assessment of, am I protecting too much? And as a result, they aren't having the opportunity to be prepared. They're mm-hmm. not learning how to make mistakes, yeah. to recover from mistakes, mm-hmm. to face consequences for choices that they've made, mm-hmm. to and then all the, the practical stuff like, you know, being able to you know, schedule schedule a meeting with somebody and keep that meeting. Yeah. <laughs> being yeah. able to call the doctor on their own. Being you know, these are mm-hmm. the things on my mind because I've got one in college and one getting ready to go to college next year. Yeah. Like last last night, uh, my daughter needed a refill on one of her prescriptions, and I was like, "Have I ever showed you like the oh. prescription bottle and yeah. how everything you need to know is on your prescription bottle?" Mm. And she's like, "No, I've never even really looked at the label right, before." Right. And so we just kind of went through. It's like, "Hey, here's basically the information about." you know the pill and when you should take it and Mm -hmm. and how it works but then here's your doctor's name here's your doctor's uh phone number here's uh the pharmacy's number. here's how many refills you have left here's you know the prescription id number so that when you call the automated system so Mm -hmm. we like did that together right i was like hey you're actually going to call and it was after hours so it was just like the you know push two for a refill or whatever she did the whole thing and she was like, wow, that was really easy. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, they've made yeah. it pretty easy now. But um, so little things like that, like I could have just done it for right. her. I I usually do do mm-hmm. it for her, but I just kind of had that thought of like, this is something she really needs to know how to do herself. Yeah. You yeah. know, because for her, she has a couple medications that it's really important that she takes every day. And mm-hmm. if she misses a day, that can really have consequences. And so right. I don't want her to have to constantly rely on me yeah. to get her refills when she needs them. So right. little things like that, you know, is a really practical example. But, you know, one of the things you said, uh, you might be a high control parent if you don't allow any privacy for your kids. Mm-hmm. Um I remember when my girls, I think my oldest one, was getting ready to turn 12, maybe 13, and we were just sort of starting to think about devices and and would they have cell phones or kind of how was that going to work? And Mm -hmm. even back then, the world they lived in was made very, very difficult, even just with school stuff, Mm -hmm. by not having a cell phone. So we were trying to make good choices with that, and I remember, um, you know, looking into resources and stuff but finding an article and it was like a new york times article by somebody who seemed like they knew what they were talking about (laughs) um and she basically said i read all my kids text messages and here's why you should too Mm. and i remember reading it and thinking okay it sounds good on the surface but first of all how do you have time (laughs) right because i know how much teenagers text and like You'd have to sit there for hours every night to go through all of them. Mm -hmm. And then at what point do 
you know, where is the privacy and where yeah. and and d- what message does that send to your kid mm-hmm. that it's like, I'm going to read every word you ever say? Yeah, I think it. So I think you can find a balance. And so what we decided with our girls is that, you know, we would always have any logins or passwords for everything. Mm-hmm. And they kind of know this is this device belongs to us mm-hmm. and you are allowed to use it. Yeah. If we want to access your device, we can do that at any time. Mm-hmm. You know, once they were old enough to start having social media accounts, we needed to have the passwords to those accounts, and we were friends with them on those accounts. Mm-hmm. I'm not constantly monitoring everything, but they know that yeah. it's an open door. It's a right. transparent window that we look through. And so I think that you can find those balances where, you know, you're not you're not trying to control and monitor every single thing they do because that puts them in a defensive position always. Mm -hmm. And then they start to, you know, resent you and our kids can out tech us. Even as techie as some of us might be, Mm -hmm. they can out tech us. And so if you put them in a position where they feel like they have to sneak around to have any privacy, you back them into a corner and I think they're much more likely to rebel to mm-hmm. hide things from you to lie yeah um and and that's not the kind of relationship i want to have with my kids so mm-hmm. no that's really good point. i mean i think about how devastated i would have been had my mom read my diary right when i was in eighth grade writing love poems about yeah. sean yep. who i was obsessed with so it's like that i mean yeah. obviously there's times and there's seasons and like we said there's um like I have a friend that was struggling with her son and she's like, just so you know, we'll be taking weekly drug tests and I can do room checks. It was like right. a, like a prison situation. Yeah. But he had proven himself dis you know, right. dishonest and he was right. he had broken trust. And so it was for this season, hey, we're not trying to control you, but you're under our roof and you're right. under eighteen and so yeah. we need to get this under control. But yeah. just Again, I love what you said. We have a transparent window. Would you, is that what you said? Yeah. Through like social media. We want to know what's going on. We're not going to invade your privacy because no one wants that. Well, and I'm not going to be lame mom like commenting on your stuff all the time. Right. And so your friends are like, wow, so lame. But yeah, yeah just, just it, creeping in the background. A it's little. a transparent <laughs> yes. window. And with social media, you are putting that out there yeah. in a public space, mm-hmm. right? Um, or, or a semi-public space, depending on how yeah. you set up your accounts. But... Um, but something like my kids' diaries, I don't do, I don't read them. Right. Yeah. You know, they, they, uh, they're human beings and they mm-hmm. uh, have a right to have a place where they can express their thoughts and yeah. their feelings without feeling like they're under my gaze. Mm-hmm. I think that's the difference between privacy and secrecy. Mm-hmm. I think those two things are not even remotely the same thing. Right. Um, you know, secrecy. when things are kept secret those things can harm others or harm you Mm -hmm. but you know expecting privacy and having a right to privacy is not the same thing as secrecy it just means that you get to exist sometimes uh, you know out from underneath the gaze of other people right and um that's a good distinction and without privacy you know it it really starts to erode who people are Mm -hmm. they you know we get a little nuts because that's not how we were designed we were designed to be you know to be um relational with each other but then also to be able to retreat into our own thoughts Mm -hmm. our own space and so um, oh, I really, really like that. Um, you know, in reading, in pre- preparing and reading for this, I thought, well, what does the Bible say? Like, aren't we 
supposed to control your kids. And it, like from what I hear you saying, it is it's kind of a dance. It's a little art. It's a little science. It's a lot of Holy Spirit. Like how right. much do I press in? Where do I put the boundaries or whatever? Yeah. Um, and the clearest passage that I could find on this was in First Timothy 3, 4. And, you know, Paul's writing um, a letter to Timothy on the qualifications of elders. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought this was interesting because I had never read this part of it. But he says, um, he's talking about elders. He must be one who manages his household well and keep his children under control with all dignity. So the elder, you know, a leader in the church is supposed to keep his kid under control, not control them. And I think that's yeah. such a little nuanced, but with the word here, but th- this assumes boundaries, expectations, consequences, discipline, but it does not um, insinuate that you are controlling them. Right, that you're that yeah. you're some kind of a puppet master right. whose kids and spouse exists to make you look good. Right. Um, and and, and to fulfill about, some kind of a, a, an ego for right. you. And if you think about it, you said this earlier, like, when you look at Jesus, if anybody has the right to control us, it would be him, right? right. But he never controlled his people. Um, he never exercised that option of making us these robots, right? right. That could, couldn't could make choices for ourselves. But he also leaves us with, like, total responsibility of our choices, right. too. So, right. there again, there's that fine, fine line. And, you know, parents have a clear responsibility to set boundaries and intervene. And we can do course corrections if necessary. Like I was saying about my friend whose son was dabbling in the uh, substance abuse uh, <laughs> situations. Da- um, dabbling in the botanical arts. Yes, yeah. uh-huh. in high school. And so there was a lot of course correction and a lot of intervening. And I've mentioned that before, that she made him go to all of her appointments for six weeks. He lost his license. He had to go with her to gyno appointment. He was her sidekick. Yeah, that was went, her went shopping, you know, grocery Everything. shopping with her. Yes. He was attached to her. Yeah, but it was done um, out of her love for him. And it was done um, in with like a, in a grace based approach. It wasn't mm-hmm. done to shame or to control. It was done because she loved him and she wanted to intervene and course correct in a gracious yeah. way. And I yeah. think that's how we it's a it's our goal is how that's we our, want it's our to goal and, and when we and when we mess this up because we will yeah i think what's really really important is that we take the time to stop and to say you know what i i was acting out of fear or i was mm-hmm. insecure or i was afraid that i was gonna look bad and yeah. so i overstepped your boundaries mm-hmm. um, because our kids are are allowed to have boundaries too and if we don't um, allow them mm-hmm. to have boundaries, and if we overstep them and control them, yeah. um, I worry that we're setting them up for you know to be more vulnerable to abusive relationships in the mm-hmm. future. Mm-hmm. If they think it's normal that's that um, you know someone should just take their phone and read everything on their phone and monitor them constantly, right. not allow them to have any privacy yeah. or their own friends or their own thoughts or their own opinions. Mm-hmm. You're you're priming the pump for a person who is just a prime target for an abuser. Yeah, <laughs> who who well, you know that that's yeah. that's like the hallmark of of emotional abuse mm-hmm. is that they isolate you and they basically say you are not your own yeah mind. i'm gonna run your life yeah you have no say and we talked about this before we were talking about how to raise adults is mm. building that self-efficacy so kids are like no I, c- I can do this and i have confidence in myself to do this job well done whatever it's a job right. whether it's a college entrance exam whatever yeah 
Um, yeah. When we come in and we lawnmower them over. And, and it's hard. Like I said, I mean, my kids wear the most ugly outfits to school. <laughs> I'm like, well, the other day I had one kid wear two different shoes. I'm like, wait, why? why? That looks so dumb. And yeah. then I was like, well, I'm worried what his teacher's going to think of me. Like, why right. did she let him leave the house like that? Yeah. And I know the teachers are just judging me for the lack of vegetables and fruit I put in their lunch boxes every day. And yeah. so I'm worried. I try to control. Oh, you can't have that because the teachers are going to look bad. You know, it's going to make <laughs> me look bad or it's yeah. going to make us look bad as a family. And then I'm like, well, who cares if they want to wear ugly green shoes and yellow shorts and mixed. Yeah. Who cares if they think right. that's cool or they don't care. Once they like girls, they're going to care what they look like. But for now. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, it I doesn't think, really matter. I think kind of peer pressure works a lot of that yeah. weirdness out of them. Totally. You know? um, but oh, that's funny. yeah. And, and I think a big part of this too is that, you know, we have to be willing to let our kids make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Even big ones. Yeah. But what better place for them to to make those mistakes, to face the consequences for those mistakes, to mm-hmm. own, you know, their choices yeah. than while they're under our roof where where things are not as high stake. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Where we can say, look, that was that was um, maybe it's a, a wrong choice. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not just a mistake where it was like, oops, whoops, you know, messed that up. Yeah. It's more like, you know, it's a sinful choice or it's a mm-hmm. it's a, um, you know, kind of a self-destructive behavior or something where we yeah. can say, look, you know, that was not a right choice. I you are more than that. Mm-hmm. I wh- who I know you to be is is more is better, and um, and now because of that choice, here are some of the things that have to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, they might be consequences that you impose, like like our friend who was like, "Look, I'm gonna we're gonna do weekly drug tests. Mm-hmm. Um, I can come check your room anytime. Yeah, and uh, you're gonna be attached to my hip for <laughs> you know." whatever six weeks or however long it was but then there are also just there might be relational consequences that just Mm kind of happen Mm -hmm. you know if they're dishonest with a friend then they lose trust with that friend yeah um or you know if they make a choice at at work or something you know they lose their job Mm yeah i think we have to we have to be willing to let our kids make mistakes and then face the consequences for those mistakes and and resist the urge to try to intervene. Yeah. To stand in the way. You know, if they cheat on a test and they get caught and their teacher gives them a zero, mm-hmm. we should not call the teacher and beg for them to, you know, yeah. get a different grade or even get mad at the teacher and attack the teacher. I see that happen because mm-hmm. we can't get kind of mama bear. Right. But right. it's like, no, that that was a wrong choice Mm -hmm. that's the consequences of those actions you want your kids to learn that now and they're going to learn so much more from that than having everything smoothed out you know ahead of them and then they never have to face any adversity and then real life hits when you're an adult and you're like whoa i don't know how to handle any of this right you know when things get hard at work or hard in a relationship because mom or dad's been there you know behind the scenes sweeping yeah. everything up. sweeping everything <laughs> up or, or pulling strings mm-hmm. or you know calling their connections and trying right. to to move heaven and earth and it's like um we want to raise resilient kids yeah and right doing that requires that they face adversity and dilemmas and we want them to face those while they're under our roof not 10 years later 
when they could yeah. go to prison for some of those exactly. choices, right? <laughs> or the, or it could ruin their marriage, or mm-hmm. it could they could lose them their career. Mm-hmm. It's like make the cho- you know make those choices. I I pray that that my kids will face a, a dilemma every day, mm-hmm. and I pray that they'll get caught in every lie they ever tell. Yeah, and my girls know that I pray that over them because they they are like we never get away with anything <laughs> and they're like yeah. and it's not just you that catches us everybody catches us Hilarious. i'm like it's oh, because good. i yeah. have a direct line to the holy spirit right. and this is what i ask for oh every i day. love it that's because good. i don't ever want dishonesty and lying and inauthenticity yeah. to work for you mm-hmm. i don't ever want it to work right that's i want great. it to be ineffective every single time yeah. so you don't even think that's an option so, right to, you yeah. just you just take that off the table and of you something. just assume like it's not going to work for mm-hmm. me it seems to work for other people somehow <laughs> but my mom is still praying and the holy spirit is still listening and i'm not going to yeah. get away with it yeah you that's know? good i love that well real quick um we just wanted to leave you with seven ways to empower your kids so if you're thinking oh gosh oh this resonates with me i am this high control parent that critiques what my kids look like or shames them in public because it doesn't make me look good um here are seven ways to empower your kids so we want to end on a positive note um to encourage them and not you know deflate them so number one give your kids ownership of as many things as you can as soon as you can so they need to be taught stewardship and faithful management of things like friend choices like Mm -hmm. uh, you know i allow my kids to make their friend choices and we talk through it now obviously if we have a toxic situation you know you might need to intervene Um, manage how to manage money how to pray how to find their way around the bible like i was talking with one of my kids the other day and i realized He's like, I don't really know how to read the Bible. I just open it up to a page. I'm like, well, that's a technique. <laughs> yeah. But there are Bible some... roulette is yes, what we call that. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, okay, it's well, better than nothing. Here are some other ways that we can do this. And so, but I have to give him ownership. If I come in every night and say, okay, this is what we're going to read tonight, he's never going to learn how to read the Bible on his right. own or how to find what we talked about at church on Sunday in the Bible. You know, so it's teaching and training them and passing that ownership to them. Um, over as many things as you can yeah. from a young age. Yeah. And that get, again, builds their confidence, it teaches them self-efficacy, and they're more prepared to be strong adults out into the world one day. In my book, um, uh, Grace-Based Discipline, I say, a grace-based home gives everyone who lives there as much freedom as possible. That that should be your goal, mm-hmm. to give as much freedom as possible. And yeah. what that means, cha- you know, varies from person to person in the family, mm-hmm. varies depending on their age. And it varies, you know, often varies based on how they handle that freedom, Yeah. right? So if they're given freedom and then they misuse that freedom, well, mm. <laughs> then that freedom gets rolled back a little bit and they have to prove that they um, that they can be trusted mm-hmm. with that freedom, but I think when you start with freedom, you start from a place of freedom yeah. and assuming the best of your kids, mm-hmm. um, that goes a long way to empower- empowering them. Yeah. Um, why don't you? Oh, uh, well, I'll read this other yeah. one that you got here. Uh, build their expectations towards independence. Yeah, you, you know they should expect that that the older that they get, they're going to be. Um, they're going to be expected to take ownership of more things in their life, mm-hmm. and that that I think they can look forward to that too. I mean, our yeah. that's why our kids, that's why driving is such a mm-hmm. a currency to yeah. our teenagers. Being able to drive in a car 
by themselves somewhere without us. Yeah, they are such definitely a privilege. like yeah. they're trying to get away from us, but that's <laughs> totally normal. I mm-hmm. mean, that's a normal part of their development. We we want them to want that because mm-hmm. what that means is that they're learning how to be a human being without us. Yeah. You know, and that's good. That is good. The third uh, way to empower your kids is to give them an outlet to voice their frustration with you, which Mm. is hard. Um, And when they do that, assume responsibility and apologize. And I am the queen of saying, I'm sorry, but... Right. Know, but when you have or a butt at the end, you can always find a way to justify it. Yes, but, but you were being this way. And so that's why I yelled at you. So yeah. it just listen to them, allow them to voice their frustration and be big enough to apologize. And especially listen to the feelings, mm-hmm. because I think, you know, we say all the time, like in any argument or, or conflict, there's the facts and then there's the feelings. Mm-hmm. Well, we may have been right on the facts or justified in yeah. how we handled something, but it it made them feel you know hurt or angry or scared or Mm -hmm. whatever and so we can even in in times where we feel like okay i did have to do that 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 was the right thing for me to do we can still apologize for how it made them feel Mm -hmm. um and i think that's key and we certainly tell our kids when we're frustrated with them oh yeah it doesn't, you know, we, we don't feel like we need to hold back. And so it's important that we we hold space, we create a safe place um, in our, within our relationship with them that they feel that they can come to us. And respectfully, you know, mm-hmm. not, I hate you, right. you know, right. but come to us respectfully and say, hey, that, that was embarrassing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or man, I wish that you had not said that in front of my friends. Yeah. Or, you know, like, you always say no, I... You know, mm-hmm. I bring home good grades. I, I try to take care of my room and the things you ask yeah. me to do around the house. And I'm just asking you to call me out of school so that I can go to a baseball game. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like we need we need a place for them to, to say that to us and then go, you know what? You're right. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, right. Because sometimes, again, going to the high control, sometimes we just get in a pattern of saying no or not mm-hmm. now because it's more convenient for us. Right. You know, and right. it's just too much work. Or, or you just don't think about yeah, it. Yeah, you don't think about it. And we're trying to do the best we can with the information that we have. And sometimes we just get it wrong. Right. You know, we are yeah. going to get it wrong. And we're so. going to have grumpy days like me yes. this morning when I pulled my son out of the pantry. I'm like, go sit down. I'm like, you're a maid. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this isn't going well. But, and then I thought, okay, you I need to apologize after coffee time this morning. I did, mm-hmm. I did. Um, tip number four to empower your kids is prioritize what's important to them. You know, I, this made me think, I remember when I got my first CD, it was CNC Music Factory. Oh, yeah. And I remember my dad putting that in the car. I mean, obviously he That's didn't like, like it. That's the Everybody Dance Now song, yeah. right? Oh, yes, yeah. it's amazing. That, and we played that CD over and over for hours every time we'd get in the car it was cnc music factory and i know he i mean he's into like the eagles and rolling <laughs> the beatles but he listened to cnc music factory i think i was probably in third grade like for probably 900 hours and it just really made me feel so valued Aww. and loved that he tried to you know connect with me and he learned the spiders and snakes song and all the stupid stuff but find what's important to your kids i can't stand pokemon but my youngest is really into Pokemon, and he makes yeah. up rules, and so he's like, do you want to play Pokemon? Well, I'd rather, you know, swan dive yes. off the roof. But I'm like, okay, yeah. let's play Pokemon, because it's important to you, and I love you. So try well, to And unfortunately, like, that lasts a long time, because my college-age daughter, well, both of my daughters, and then my, really? my college-age daughter's boyfriend, they're, like, super into Pokemon oh, no. Go, and oh. they go to, like 
tournaments. I'm just like, this never ends. Oh, stop. I'm going to hear conversations about Pokemon for the rest until I die. Yeah. Like oh. on my deathbed, they're going to be like, I look can't. what I, I caught a, what, you know, I should know the names of some. I caught a Pikachu. Like, yeah. Yay. Thanks for that. Oh my um, gosh. And I've heard a- dozens of hours of conversation about Minecraft. And yeah. Yeah. But you just you smile and not yeah, and try you find what's important yeah. to them and, and value them and yeah. value them. Um, I like this one. Build them up to others. Mm-hmm. You know how how you talk about your kids gets back to them, right? Even yeah. if they don't hear you do it, but especially if they do, like mm-hmm. just it, find the the positive. Even when you're in a in a place where you're struggling in your relationship with yeah. them, they definitely go through phases where they're harder to love mm-hmm. and they're harder to like. Yeah, but we can always find the good. Mm-hmm. in them and we can build that up and it should be genuine things you know yes uh, you know tell girls that they're pretty but that shouldn't be the first thing that we mm-hmm. that we talk about it should be yeah. about their character about right. their talents and their skills and mm-hmm. and um you know genuine things that we can that we can say about them yeah uh, number six is pray for them daily. Um, this is just such a good reminder. Like you said, there are hard seasons as a parent, and when they are on your heart and on, in your prayers, they're in your mind, and your heart is just more tender and soft towards them, and you're quicker to respond with grace. So yeah. pray for your kids. Well, and and just like me, you can ask the Holy Spirit to yes. catch them in every Actually, lie they ever yeah. tell and make it not not uh, you know something that's effective for them. And He will give it to you because yeah. He He listens to yeah. that. And um, so I offer that as a, I love that a, tip. Just yeah, just ask the Holy Spirit. It, it's it's awesome how how our, God cares for them. And then lastly. Um, Give your kids the freedom to be unique. You know, one of the best ways to keep our high controlling tendencies in check is to grant them the freedom to be different. And I do this every day yeah. when I see my kids leave the car and go to school dressed like Skittles, you know, right. every color of the rainbow. <laughs> and it's just, it's like, it's okay. I don't need to control what they wear. Because I, when I look back, I remember in fifth grade, I had these green Doc Martens. And I remember my mom being like, okay, well, that's an interesting choice. And she let me wear them. And I think they were like three sizes too big, but it was all the store had. And so I would wear them and they look like clown shoes. But she gave me the freedom to be different. Mm -hmm. They just let me do whatever I wanted to do. And um, I did not feel stifled or controlled, nor did I ever really want to rebel against them for any reason. Um, Because it gave me that freedom. And letting our kids, uh, you know, whether it's their clothing choices or just their approach to life, mm-hmm. allowing them yeah. to, to take a unique approach to life. They're going to problem solve different than we do. Yeah. They're going to come up with creative solutions maybe that we never thought of to mm-hmm. things. And I think that's the beauty of it. Um, and then also as they get older, I think giving them to the freedom to have different thoughts. Yeah different beliefs mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a scary one mm-hmm. right but like we we are not the thought police we don't get to control their thoughts yeah. nor should we try because mm-hmm. what we what we hope for is that our kids have a genuine faith in Jesus yeah and they are not going to arrive at that because we impose it on them mm-hmm. we didn't arrive at, at our faith mm-hmm. if we have a genuine faith in Christ it's because the Holy Spirit drew us to himself. It's because we found our faith and it was real to us. Mm-hmm. And we can end up having the opposite effect that we hope on our kids. Yeah. If we 
you know, if everything we say, we're correcting them, or it's like, well, no, that's not what you should believe on yeah. this thing. And maybe they have different political beliefs than us. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have different, um, you know, they they might read a verse in the Bible and get to- something totally different from it than, mm-hmm. than we do. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's that you, you're at the stage with younger kids where a lot of the differences are physical. And then I'm at this phase where, you know, they 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 have come through their ugly duckling phase. <laughs> they they have great taste. And so they, yeah. you know, they style me. But it's the it's the allowing them to kind of work out their own mm-hmm. thoughts, their own beliefs, their own faith yeah without yeah. feeling like i have to step in and, and constantly c- correct mm-hmm. them yeah and it's not hard. mine to do it's not it's not um it's not for me it's for the holy spirit yeah absolutely yeah. good reminder well we are here for you and we want to support you and pray with you if there's anything we can um be praying for you about or any topics you'd like us to cover please reach out to us at family at gracebasefamilies.com. Um, I also just wanted to mention there's a book that Dr. Tim Kimmel wrote called The High Cost of High Control. And um, the whole book is about being a high control parent or spouse or person. So that could be yeah. a good well, resource. Well, how not to be, right? Yes. Or if you have someone in your life who is like that, who is really mm-hmm. making a relationship with them difficult, it gives you some tools to help set yeah. some boundaries and to reestablish a healthy relationship mm-hmm. with them that comes from a place of freedom. Yep. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Grace-Based Families podcast. This is part of Grace-Based Families Ministry. For more resources, check us out on gracebasedfamilies.com slash podcast or stream us on all major podcasting platforms. Once again, this is Karis and Michelle. Until next time.